first quarter tends to be a time of reflection, resolution, and planning. Are you out of shape? Are you stuck in a rut doing the same old things yet expecting different results? All of this applies to our personal lives, of course, but it also applies to our work as financial decision makers for organizations. So what's working and what's not in your investment program? To help us with this, we brought in a dynamic duo to share how they've gotten it done this year, all on today's episode of Inspired Investing. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Bernstein Insights, and this is Inspired Investing. I'm Claire Gola, head of Bernstein's Endowment and Foundation Advisory Services, and today we're joined by two guests. Marie Fahrenbach is Chief Operating Officer and CFO of a national association titled Turnaround Management Association, or TMA. And we have Pete Pfeiffer on the line as well, who serves as TMA's Investment Committee Chair. And like many of you listeners out there, uh, Pete is a volunteer. In his day job, he holds a senior position with the professional services firm RSM. So Marie and Pete, welcome. It's great to be here, Claire. Thank you, Claire. Great. It's great to have you here. And so full disclosure, everyone, TMA is a client of ours at Bernstein. Um, And why I ask these two specifically uh, to join us today will become clear in the next 10 minutes or so. But let's jump right into this. So let's start with a brief history on how you formed this committee um, and how you started working together. Why don't we start with Marie? Well, Claire, when I came to TMA, um, we had already had an established relationship with Bernstein, and um, they had taken us from literally having our funds invested in basically a savings account and brought us into an investment strategy. And one of the things that we did at the time was basically emulate the process we had before. So all we were trying to do was migrate to an investment portfolio with a, an investment policy statement assigned to it. So when I started working with Pete as the chair of the finance committee, it became obvious that we weren't tackling the bigger issues of making sure the investments mirrored what our overall strategic vision was. So That's when we started working as part of the finance committee to take a look at our current process, our partner at Bernstein, and then start to outline a process to make it work for us going forward. That's great. And then Pete, what made you attracted to join the committee or or what was compelling there to prod you to, to move things forward? Sure. Well, first of all, stepping back, since we're volunteers, what really matters for a lot of folks is do they want to do this? right? And a lot has to do with chemistry. So as Marie shared, we were collaborating on the finance committee. And I felt that she was just a great person to work with. Through the process, we came up with basically the understanding that this is bigger than just folding into the finance committee. So we came up with a recommendation to separate out an investment committee. And this was predicated upon Bernstein's advice in asking the question, what are you doing with this money? What's the goal? So we realized it was much more strategic than investing. In other words, I think what the listeners should ask themselves was, what's the end game here? Is it to save for a rainy day? Is it to save to invest for initiatives? Those are the questions that we just needed to go through. So as we work close with Bernstein and we went through the process of you know, renewing our relationship, We decided we need to split it out. We need to go through the process of evaluating who the best partner is regarding strategic insight for where we want to go. And also, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, is the committee itself. You know, who are the players on the committee and how do we want to select them? So it's very important for folks to understand basically the chemistry 
of the team they're working with as volunteers. In other words, are you wasting your time? Are you really serious about this to make a difference? Number two, what do you plan to do with the money? What's the goal? And number three, do you have um, basically the buy-in necessary to go down this path? Because again, with volunteers, they're like, well, we want to do all this work. They didn't do anything. They didn't listen. That's not the case. Marie's helping us at the ground level. Bernstein is helping us provide the insight we need to get where we need to be. We have an engaged committee, and we have buy-in from the global TMA. That's great. That's what everyone hopes to achieve. I'm sure it didn't happen quite that smoothly. I'm curious, Marie, um, from the beginning, when you first started the committee, you know, what were you looking uh, to achieve and, and who were you looking to really bring on to this committee? Well, you know, it's always important that the very senior officers of the board buy into the idea mm-hmm. of uh, proactively looking at your investment portfolio and assuring that you're set for the future. And that's twofold. As Pete alluded to, it's making sure that you have managed the risk potentially to the organization going forward. So we wanted to set aside, in essence, an operating reserve, but then also anticipate the fact that um, things are changing and needs change and things need to be looked at through a different lens, which may require investment. So we started with a campaign at the very senior level at the board, as well as our CEO, to get the buy-in to say, yes, we need to be able to have everything structured so we're ready to go for that next step. And Pete's right, uh, Bernstein really sort of put that idea in our heads and the process in motion. So the goal was to be able to, understanding that the market was changing rapidly and we had been told by Bernstein, you know, you might want to consider kind of looking forward to what might be a rocky road. So Our goal was to act quickly and to be able to respond to the needs because internally you never know what the next big project is. So we wanted to act as fast as possible with folks on our committee that not only were able to react quickly, but also had a history with the organization. So they knew where the opportunities were, where the stress points were. So it really was a a twofold process to get some of the folks that in our organization that had the legacy experience as well as were able to react quickly and be engaged. And I have to say that TMA, and one of the reasons that I brought you two on, you know, to this week's episode is the fact that you know, you're not a large organization. You're really, in terms of the size of assets that you're working with, although it is significant for the organization and incredibly meaningful, But I would say that you've really sort of, what's the term, punching above your weight, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, Mm -hmm. I mean, over the course of 24 months, you went to RFP, you restructured your accounts, you created a new IPS, you created a new asset allocation, you're working on, you know, creating um, a new reporting structure. It's sort of, it's this series of things that I don't typically see a committee get through one of these things in less than a year or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was pretty extraordinary. Um, and I want to turn this to Pete because it's not just about forming the committee, but it's also about keeping the committee running effectively. And so, you know, and about the meeting structure and about, you know, kind of holding people accountable. So, Pete, I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about how you and Marie have worked on and effectively gotten all these volunteers to continue to actually implement and execute, as well as just talk about things. Thanks, Claire. Well, you know, taking a step back, just the positioning of the committee, we made the recommendation for it to be split from the finance committee. And the condition that I basically put out, if you want to lead this thing, is direct access 
to the CEO, the president, and the finance chair. So I wanted to make sure that from a visibility perspective, people could see this thing has gravitas. We're serious about this. Once they agreed to that, it made it a little bit easier for us to get above all the noise and to make it happen. Regarding the accountability and the team, again, Marie and I had worked with each other for a few years and I completely trusted her. So I had to turn to her advice regarding the members of the team. Um, she had the, uh, the peripheral vision that I lacked as it relates to those members that would be able to add the greatest value and have the impact. So we actually went small with our team. And a lot of people get in these huge committees and everybody sits on the committee, nothing gets done because they're all looking at each other. And they say, well, we're on this big dog committee. I'm like, we're not doing that. <laughs> so we, we actually recruited people through Marie's help. We made it crystal clear that there's a purpose for this committee. There's going to be accountability. We're not going to take a lot of your time and we're going to be action oriented. And Marie and I set up basically a scorecard to hold each other accountable every month to say, these are the things that have to get done. And as recent as like the last couple of weeks, she presented a scorecard for the quarter. I'm like, hey, this number three here, you know, some people are supposed to be talking about some people. I don't see a date for this. So are they doing it? Or are they not doing it? She goes, I don't know. I'll get back to you. I said, because we're kidding ourselves by putting this on there. If they're not serious, if they're going to talk to somebody by the end of the quarter, they've got six weeks. And she said, I agree. So we had to get back to the president and the chair to say, hey, guys, either get on it or we're going to move it. So that accountability back to the team is important, too, because they're going to say to themselves, am I really on a committee that's doing something or am I just here for posterity reasons? I've got better things to do with my time. So all this matters, right? The positioning, the accountability, the trust and the chemistry. And frankly, the success of getting things forward and accomplished gives people a level of enthusiasm and energy that they want to stick with the team, mm -hmm. right? So all that matters as it relates to, you know, making it happen and some things you, your listeners may want to consider as it relates to, do we really have clarity in our purpose? Do we really hold each other accountable? Are they are we serious about this? Are we positioned at a, at a level we're going to get basically the support we need or are we just buried somewhere? I hope that helps. Yeah, no, that's incredibly helpful. And it leads to one question that I get very often from organizations, which is, how many people did you, and Marie, you can uh, respond to this uh, one, how many people are on the committee and what led you to that decision? I, I heard we went small. All in, including myself, there's six. Okay. Um, so it's very small. And Pete and I talked about this, that our experience has borne out that theory that when you keep it to a small group of committed professionals, you get more done. Mm -hmm. I've had experiences on different situations where I had larger committees, and Pete's right. You can kind of hide a little more. Yeah. Six people, you know, it's it's hard to hide and kind of not voice your opinion or give feedback or participate. It's noticeable. So it's a combination of making sure you have the people that have the legacy experience in the organization, the commitment to the process, we always outline the aspects of the committee work you're going to be doing. So people go into it with a clear understanding of what the responsibilities are and the time commitment. So they as volunteers can set aside the time needed for the committee and make sure it fits with where their volunteer experience and needs are. So we firmly believe that small committed individuals who are anxious to do the work is a better strategy. 
Yeah. And TMA, I should say, you know, you have the good fortune of having different professionals involved on the board already who have some sort of financial background, right? I mean, Absolutely. So, so, We're blessed that way. Yeah. They, they're very knowledgeable about the market. Um, we have a multidiscipline association, but they all have strong working knowledge of what it takes to be involved in a committee like this. Mm-hmm. That's great. One question I do also get from organizations often is, should we bring in or is it a good idea to bring in members from outside the organization for the investment committee? And my response is typically, well, if you have the knowledge in-house, keep it, you know, keep it in-house. But for some organizations, if you're just building out this committee and you really don't, right. then maybe that, you know, that makes sense right. because you want to have that diversity of perspectives and that knowledge base on the committee. Well, and our association is, um, they deal with companies that have experienced some sort of business disruption. Mm -hmm. So they come in and they're triaging companies to make sure that either what course correction they need to make. So they're very astute about risk in organizations. So when they come in as partners on these committees and volunteers, they're always managing the risk to the organization. Their stewardship is amazing because they realize it is for the future benefit of the association. Mm-hmm. So I'll pose this question to you, Pete, um, which is, you're getting a lot done at the committee meetings, but how are you thinking about or implementing communication between meetings, both you and Marie together, but also with the other committee members? It's pretty straightforward. I mean, I mean we're setting the tone actually on the calls because even though we may schedule an hour or 30 minutes, if we're done in 15 minutes, and Claire, you've seen it. You're like, yeah. is that it? I'm like, we're done, right? Let's not waste <laughs> our time. So I do think it's important to share that, you know, every association has a lot of smart people. They didn't get there by, you know, being dull, right? They're pretty sharp. We got a lot of very sharp people. And you've got to be a servant leader in this role, but you've got to lead, right? So you have to have the humility to listen and get on the committee side, at least let them share their opinions because they could be right. We could have missed something. So I'd say from Marie down, everyone is caring. They have a sense of stewardship. My role, frankly, is a broker of, you know, native intelligence, if you will, and to listen to their opinions. So we have an agenda in advance. We have materials in advance. Marie does all this. We set up the call. We start on time. We don't wait around. If people can't make it, we fill them in later. We accomplish our objectives and we peel off. If there's questions in the interim, we say, look, either call Peter Marie. A lot of times if there's details that I don't have access to, I go to Marie. So, Yeah, I think that it's so important to stress that people actually read the materials in advance and review them in advance. So, so Marie, so question, it's also important to coordinate then with with people like me, right, and with firms like Bernstein in terms of when do you need those materials from us in order to deliver. So tell me a little bit about what you've decided in terms of timing and materials. Well, we started out, we're actually starting out this year with um, partnering with Bernstein to do a recap of 2018 to share their insights into what's going to be coming up on the landscape in 2019 with the investment committee. Also part of our charter and our scorecard this year would be to uh, work with you and other members of Bernstein to ensure that we can frame out an investment dashboard in effect or uh, sort of a capsule version of where we're at on our portfolio for our board. And, and make it available so that everyone feels comfortable that the strategy is working, 
that the IPS is successful in doing what we attempted to do, which was to make sure that funds are available for strategic purposes as well as maintain our operating reserve. So the next step for us is to broaden that experience beyond the investment committee and senior leaders to our executive board. So, Marie, share with everybody what IPS means, listeners may know. Oh, that's true. Our investment policy statement, which basically is our roadmap for how we would like to frame out our strategy for investment, whether we want to take on more risk, uh, whether return is important to us. It really is the embodiment of what we view our strategy to be going forward. Yeah, the thing I want to add, when Marie started talking about the greater board, Again, you start getting outside the group that has this level of trust and you start sharing with a lot of people. And it's no secret that everybody has an opinion about investments. Um, <laughs> and it can get very, or people want some insight about where they should put their money. Um, we're pretty clear and pretty firm up front. Listen, this committee has been entrusted to stewards. If your opinion is feeling that strong, then you can talk to Marie on the side. And if you want to join us, fine. But we don't really let it get out of hand. Because, like, why didn't you put it in this bucket of cash? Why didn't you put it over there? We like, listen, this is it. I mean, we, we got into it actually a board meeting ago or with the group, and somebody started talking about stuff and said, that's not the purpose of this meeting. If you want to take this offline, we can take it offline. It was embarrassing for me because I had to speak up. But the reality is you got to stay focused. you got to stay firm. you got to know exactly what your objectives are in front of you. Um, it, again, it doesn't mean we can't listen, but – that's the danger when you start opening this up, but everybody's got an opinion about where to put money, right? So just want to make that clear as, again, the listeners think about, yeah, we have that issue or we don't have any problem with that. And I just want to speak to that because it can be, it can be demoralizing for the committee members if they get frustrated with everybody just running roughshod over them after they went through all this work. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I please bring you to all of the committee meetings that I, <laughs> <laughs> that I joined? You know, and just, you can be my sidekick. No, I... Um, I'm very familiar with folks wanting to, um, you know, share their views on the capital markets mm-hmm. and their strategies for investing. But you're absolutely right that if you have a firm agenda, you know, a clear agenda in place, you have materials, you have an investment policy statement, which your partner, your investment partner is managing too, the committee meeting really isn't the time, right, for everyone to be opining on stock picks and, and everything right. else in their own personal right. portfolio. So that's that's a great point that can't be stressed enough and that you see become much more, I think, solidified as committees have been together for a while as well. That also speaks to something um, that I try to stress to committees, which is onboarding. And what type of education do you do when someone joins the investment committee? So Maria, I just wanted to get a sense from you as to what you do. Well, that goes back to our original selection process. Mm -hmm. As an inaugural committee, it was really important that when I went out to ask specific members to be part of it, they were presidents at their chapters, large chapters. So they were used to um, dealing with investments because some of those chapters had significant funds to invest and that they also had a history at global. So they understood what the global landscape looked like, what our financials were like. So I selected people that had the experience. So they weren't coming in having to build that knowledge. Mm -hmm. They came in to hit the ground running so we could execute quickly. Yeah. Going forward, we might change that dynamic a little bit, but On other committees, what we do is we have a charter. I talk to them. I try to have conversations about any concerns they have. 
And we also have scorecards for our other mm-hmm. committees. So they get a feel for what the work of the committee is, what the timing is, both from where these projects fall as well as the time commitment on their part. So I think because I've managed volunteers for a number of years, it works best when people understand completely what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So um, in this particular case, we wanted to have a sense of urgency. So the selection was about getting people with that solid background. Mm-hmm. That's great. And it's true. Volunteers, they come into the board meeting or the committee meeting once a month, once a quarter, whatever right. it may be. They bring their brains. They bring their right. you know their intelligence. And then they leave, and they have a million other things to do. Exactly. So having those directives are, are so uh, incredibly important. So, wow, we have really covered a lot here today and it's getting to be time. We're going to oh, wrap wow. it up. So Marie and Pete, I really appreciate you both joining me today. Well, it's been great. Thank you for asking us. We hope it helps. Thank you for asking us to be part of this. And Marie, you know, she's doing great. She went from CFO <laughs> to COO as this was going on. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. So yeah. she's got that leverage. Absolutely. And, you know, I think this last thing, I mean, we went through leadership change, too, when all this was going on, and we still had the trust of the board to continue to uh, stay focused and stay on point. So Bernstein earned that trust, Marie earned that trust, and the committee earned that trust, and that matters. Great. Thanks, Pete. That's a great way to wrap up. So thank you all for listening as well. In our next podcast, we'll be discussing a variety of tools that you can use to help navigate volatile markets. Uh, If you'd like to learn more, please click the link to our blog titled, Is Your Investment Committee in Shape? in this week's description. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. So please email us with your thoughts, questions, and feedback to insights at Bernstein.com. And be sure to find us on Twitter at BernsteinPWM. Thanks, everyone. Bernstein, making money meaningful for individuals, families, and foundations for over 50 years. Visit us at Bernstein.com 